0: so what'd you do this weekend
1: wow i mean I, I was gonna start off but thank you for the you know the alley-oop um yeah i had my orlando art plus poetry showcase in orlando my hometown wow. um lovely time i've done it uh before i did it for uh, my my book launch last year did another one kind of like a a one-year celebration slash just a you know a celebration of moshnoon wow one year of being
0: an author yeah
1: that's crazy and that's crazy but it was more it was more than that it was it was like a a celebration of me you know like i had people coming in asking like oh like what is this for and i was like oh it's kind of masked as like a one-year book celebration but more so it's uh it's kind of like a you know, the, the place I did it at is named Color Me Places, and I've always really loved the name of it. It's, like, different. I love the word color, and I, I especially love the word places. And I, you know, I pondered upon the, the word places a lot in uh, trying to think about what I could deem this event as. And I decided to go with, like, you know... I've become the person I am today because of my uh, my wonder to uh, go see new places Mm. or to go, you know, to different places, whether it's like I'm not even talking about traveling to a new city. I'm just talking about like within your own city, you know, separating yourself from the parts of your city or the people that you've been with your whole life and trying something new, seeing if you like something new, even if you don't like it. Now, you know, and a lot of time, you know, I've I understood that. I've found fragments of myself in all of these different places that I've gone to, you know, through going to what
0: I love about the growth that you had in the past few years. Hmm. Like before you didn't think that being South Asian, being Bangladeshi was something to like brag about or like showcase. But even your flyer had bangla on it. And it said color me places and places was in bangla. Mm -hmm. And you made sure to have like your own art you made sure that you wanted to have like Bangladeshi, um like photographers and photography in the showcase you wrote your own mm. poetry on all the right stop it stop it. no enough, but enough. that's just like it just shows how like prideful you are by your culture and you're putting that at the forefront of of your identity now you know
1: yeah like you guys know um i was not like that come like before covid i was uh i didn't care to call myself bengali and now i say it too much yeah <laughs> sorry yeah um but yeah showcase was fun great time yeah um you know a nice uh a nice little back-to-back you know had the new york had the orlando you know mr worldwide yeah
0: sorry so, sorry we were talking so much about art showcase in the past yeah, few weeks in the enough. intro i know we're a little bit annoying but yeah you know what happens we'll just when never talk you know <laughs> it's it's we're trying to make things work with our artistic endeavors in the past few months so we yeah. hope that's not too annoying for you guys
1: hopes hope not sorry if it is <laughs> just gotta stick around <laughs> anyways thank you guys for coming back and joining us if it's your first time here hello if it's your second time here hello, hello. If, it's your, if it's your what 74th time here hey. yeah well um welcome to our podcast Difficultish, a podcast about south asian narratives my name is Mashnoon.
0: noon i am ohua
1: and before we go any further please rate us a five out of four, three, two, one, five. Review five. us if you're on Apple, Apple Pods. Say nice things about us, please. Yeah. We read them. They make we us happy. It. You want to make us happy? Leave us a review. Follow us on all of the socials, media's, and yes. Before and after you do that, then you can continue on with this episode. Right. Um, we'll give you a second to you yeah know, do
0: all that. All right. All right. Now, all right. so after you've done that, <laughs> um, we can finally get into the episode. We're talking about social anxiety today, right? We were planning the other day what we want our future episodes to be about and Mashun came up with the great idea of social anxiety, right? <laughs> and it is a good topic because, you know, we talked about anxiety in the past. We've also talked about it recently. And so I was wondering, you know, what what's so different about social anxiety where we have to talk about it again? But yeah. then he made it clear to me that it's actually very different and there are a lot of Symptoms and different things about it that is completely different from just, you know, anxiety. So, we are excited to talk about, you know, how social anxiety manifests in children of immigrants, South Asian kids, some of the symptoms that we've had and are common, what social anxiety even is, and why we get, you know, these feelings and, you know, some of our own experiences. So, we are excited to, you know, bring this episode to you because I feel like it's kind of common in not only just like South Asian people, but People in general, you know, yeah. so we wanted to talk about like what the root of it was. Yeah. You know Good idea, um, fella.
1: Yeah, you know. Um man, you know, social anxiety is uh some that something that I feel like is not talked about too is not talked about enough. Right. I think I, I feel like I feel like every single human feels some sort of level of social anxiety. Some people barely feel some people feel it way too much to where it keeps them from going outside.
0: So, so, how would you define social anxiety?
1: Um, for me, social anxiety is uh, just the constant fear that that everybody's judging you, that people are mm. judging you when you walk into a room, when you walk into the classroom, when you walk into uh, you know the gym, the locker room, when you walk into a party. It's the, just the fear, the 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 living fear inside of you that. People are looking at you, people are judging you, people ah oh, his hair. Oh his yeah. hair is his hair is a little flat in the back. Uh, <laughs> oh he got he got that he got that one pimple in the, you know, <laughs> top of his forehead. E-.
0: That's so specific.
1: Yeah, you know I have been there, right. Right. Um how do you feel uh social anxiety is defined?
0: I think social anxiety is the feeling like what you say is not good enough and that you aren't able to make friends because you don't know how to contribute to a situation or a conversation. It's always, it's also feeling like what you said, where everyone is watching you and that you can't make a mistake or that if you look a certain type of way, you're getting judged immediately. And it's like this feeling that you aren't able to make friends or relationships because you're like not deserving, you know?
1: Do you feel like you fall anywhere on the spectrum of being uh, socially anxious sometimes?
0: I think as I've gotten older, I'm a lot more cautious about approaching friends and making friends. So that has made me more socially anxious. I think when I was younger, I was a lot more, you know, free willed, a lot more free spirited where I was able to trust just anyone and make friends with anyone for the most part, even though I feel like I was a lot more socially anxious and insecure when I was younger. But I think now since I'm so cautious and I'm aware of how people are and, you know, I don't see, I see people for the good, but I also know that there are a bunch of people that don't have the best intentions. I think that makes me socially anxious and makes me, you know, makes me cautious when making friends and approaching people.
1: You know, it's funny that you say that because like (laughs) you that? <laughs> oh, hold on <laughs> you saying that you used to be really insecure but you weren't as anxious back then but you being you know more secure but more cautious now you think you are more anxious nowadays do you feel like you were just like super just careless back then you like just didn't care whether with what people thought about you
0: I definitely cared about what people thought of me but I think back then I was a lot more rebellious and I was a lot more um, revolting like I wouldn't really care about what my parents would think I wouldn't really care what anyone think I would just do whatever I wanted to do Mm. and it was kind of reckless even now I still do what I want to do but I have better judgment of myself and I know what I'm doing isn't bad but I think back in the day since I was still young and naive I still saw the best in everyone so it was a little bit easier for me to just be friends with people but now that I know that you know I grew up with a lot of competition in the community and I grew up with a lot of people in the community that say that they want you to do good but they actually don't and so I think that has made me a lot more cautious when I approach you know.
1: You know I think about a lot um, now just being more grown up think about like my days in high school and the way that people around me treated me or just the the nature of The people around me and um you know just kind of returning to it now that you're older and you have like a a deeper perspective on like why these people acted a certain way it it makes me not sad but you know like i i think about when i was a teenager and like you said we were just so much more like rebellious and careless and Mm. in in a good way as in like we didn't really care what people thought about us we just still kind of wanted to do what we wanted to do because we were getting to that age where we started to understand like self-expression and um yeah you know whether it was like expressing ourselves through conversation with people expressing ourselves through wearing a certain outfit um i remember i was super rebellious and careless when i was in high school like i i was wearing things that like i wouldn't even wear nowadays like not because it was good or bad but because like I'm just not as careless as I might have been at that time. Like at that mm. time I was like I don't care what people say. I'm gonna do this and I'm do me.
0: But you know what's interesting? I think me and you were rebellious because of the strict rules maybe we had growing up or maybe we wanted a reaction from like our family or friends or something. But there were also a lot of people in my community and you know kids growing up who weren't rebellious they did everything that their parents told them to do and they didn't want to rebel so for example if their parents told them to like worry about school only not go outside you know a lot of us grew up with the idea not to have sleepovers and not socialize go to parties things like that they didn't really have the ability to you know be rebellious and make just friends with people even if it was careless they i feel like a lot of them grew up with the this the fear of not making friends because they were taught to just be at home and study you know like for example a lot of parents want you to just be in school get good grades and I feel like the only way those kids had any sort of social um, interaction was it like at the library or if they like told one lie to to their parents saying that they were going to the library but they actually went to their friend's house but that was like the most of it you know because they weren't taught to be social you know
1: and I think that that one thing that you said earlier that I want to highlight, um, going outside, you know, I I knew I knew so many people. I knew like one person in specific. Specific, I'm thinking about. He was not allowed to go outside. Like after school, after whatever club, he's going straight home. Like can't go to the basketball court. Can't hang out in his neighborhood. Like freaking like down the street. Like cannot go outside and um you know i'm pivoting to a quick story but like i remember when i was like 21 me and another friend at the time we like reconnected with him and this is after he moved away um to college he went to uf and i think he came back home um one one summer and we hung out with him and he snuck out at night to hang out with like me and my friend and he was like it wasn't even late it was like 10 p.m but like, he was so excited to hang out with us. He was, like... He, like, I have I actually have a video of, like, us hanging out. And you could see how big his smile was. We literally went to, like, alehouse, we, Like, we got, like, chicken and fries or something. But he mm-hmm. was so... He was, like, about to start crying of, like, yeah. how free he felt. To me and my friend, it was just, like, another night out. It was, like, a Friday night or something. We are literally going to Ale House, whatever. It's 10, 30, 11 p.m. But it was... I I think about it a lot more nowadays of, like, man, having a childhood where you're that restricted to where you're crying going to alehouse House at 11 p.m. um, I can't imagine what what that's done for, like, his college career and, like, what his college academic career has looked like.
0: I feel like it stunts your growth as well because if you have helicopter parents, for the most part, they are wishing the best on you and they're doing these things to protect you and Whatever it is, but when you have parents that are that controlling where they don't want you to socialize and they just want you to focus on school, I feel like not only does it does it stunt your growth but it also it makes you so socially inept you know you're not able to talk to people you're not able to really have a social life after you go to school or the opposite when you do go off to college or if you dorm or you're away from your parents, you're so socially active where it's like um a lot like it's too much because you never had that experience growing up and then you know you start doing things that maybe are rebellious that you could have done in high school and maybe you go in a whole different path and it's the opposite of what your parents wanted you know so i feel like it's either you're very socially awkward or anxious or you just go down a path that might not be the best because you're just so like on top of the world you know
1: And what hurts when you get to like 18, 19, whenever you like start college or whatever is, um, seeing how big the disparity is between you and somebody who is not socially anxious and somebody who is sociable and is good at conversation and seeing how far away you are from how good that person is can be so demotivating. And it can, again, like stop your growth, you know, like I think about, when I started working in the coffee shop community and seeing how like fluid these people were with like conversation and like how, how good and how good they were. And I'm here just like, hi. And like, I don't know where to go from there. Like it, it, it messes with you. And it, it's, that's what leads a lot of like young college kids to doing reckless, reckless stupid, like actual reckless shit. Cause like they, they just feel so far away from the norm. Um, they'll do anything to just kind of like fit in or feel at least feel like they're fitting in.
0: Well, would you consider yourself to be socially anxious? Wow. Yeah, um, sorry, we have to get into it.
1: Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, but I'm like, but a we weir- have
0: a podcast. I'm talking to you though.
1: I'm not talking like, I feel like if we ever did a light up light- Oh, hold on. Let me, let me get into this. Um, kind of like you growing up i don't think i was i was carefree i did whatever um whatever i wanted i think um i always still felt felt super insecure but again i was just probably just really careless um i think when i started working in the coffee shop community and i realized how far away i was from the norm how i have no idea how to communicate professionally i realized I don't have manners (laughs) I don't know how to ask questions nicely all I know is just kind of like roasting and like making fun of people and literally like that's like all we did growing up it's like there was no like real conversation it was just like it was a stupid and just like little like like dumb back and forth like that's all I knew growing up and that's how we built our like quote-unquote friendships but you know getting myself into an environment where i realized like oh i don't know how to do any of this um it it really really messed with me because i i realized how like far from normal i am um Mm. and and to this day it still affects me um even at my showcase last last weekend you know I, i love when when people ask me like oh like what's your inspiration what's blah blah what's this what's that um but i still get really anxious when it comes to speaking on like certain topics or having to speak a certain way or just having to be conscious about what i'm saying i think that's that's where a lot of it comes is is um you know bringing yourself to the present and realizing like oh shit like this is like a real conversation that like somebody's actually listening to and you know if i say something in a wrong way they will that will probably leave like a negative lasting impression whatever it's like you br- you bring yourself to the present that's what causes social anxiety. And I realized that when it comes to like one-on-one conversations, I, I always hope that the person I'm talking to likes me. And that's not always the best mindset to have because the reality is not everybody is going to like you. Um, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Not, every, like, not everybody is going to like you. So you can't go into right. a conversation trying to get the person to like you. You just have to like be yourself. Um, I think I still struggle with that. I think when it comes to like groups of people and like how I, I did the poem um in the New York showcase, I was nervous for like the first 10 seconds, but I got over it um after a little bit. I think I'm better with that. But when it comes to like these one on ones, I think I get two in my head, mostly because like we said earlier, what the definition of it is, is like the person that we're talking to or there's somebody around that is that we believe is being more hyper analytical than we might actually than they might actually be you know
0: Mm. but i feel like you were so talkative and so social before the pandemic when you were in this in this coffee scene so like what do you think changed
1: um i think one i i the pandemic happened at a very unfortunate time because i was like i was really peaking in my like spectrum of being sociable I was going out every night. I was literally the type of person that I talked to absolutely anybody. Like I remember like me and my friend Enrique went to this one event and I talked to like one of the vendors for literally like four hours talking about like spirituality and like crystal rocks and shit. Like he was like selling rocks like the, you know, the crystal, the crystal, the crystal yes. rocks. The, you know, little, little, it's just whatever. called crystals. Yeah, whatever. Um, I was talking <laughs> for like hours. I was like, what's this? Why do you do this? What's right. your favorite just thing like about that. this? Um, I was that guy. So, and the pandemic happened, like literally right when I was having the most fun, the best time of my life, it's just like, boom, can't talk to nobody. And I think that, that really messed with me. Um, that plus I think I just entered like a new phase in my life that I'm more focused on like self growth and like understanding myself first. And I kind of put a pause on speaking with other people and trying to understand other people. I was just more focused on myself.
0: But you know what I think it is? I think you also, during the pandemic and after, I think you started weeding out who your actual friends were. And I feel like you were going outside just to have a connection with anyone, which is fine. But you were doing so much of that where you were going to eventually get drained out. And now, like for me, I used to also do that. I used to go out every single weekend and just be very, you know, social. But now I've realized and I'm happy with this realization. I've accepted it is that I am an extroverted introvert. You know, mm-hmm. I, am, I love my alone time. I love being by myself and I would prefer that. But I also like going outside. I'm able to talk to people and I'm able to have some sort of social battery. I'm able to talk to friends and still be present, but I can't do too much of it. And I think yeah. I realized that like my social anxiety comes out when I'm around people that I don't like and that I don't mesh with and that I'm not close with. So I yeah. think that's also what it is for you, and you just have to fix that.
1: I think a big reason why I've uh, I've grown to be more socially anxious than I might have been before. Um, again, kind of like you said, I, I became just like hyper independent and just like hyper introverted um, during the pandemic. And I think you know when I first turned like twenty-one and I was super in the coffee community, it was always like people reaching out to me and people being like oh like let's do this let's do that this at this time and i was just like around with so many people around so many people that like it was very normal for um something to just happen but um i think when i got a little bit older and like you said i like weeded certain people out i i had people stop asking me to hang out and like people stopped telling me to be here at this time and i realized like oh I guess it's my job to reach out to people now and i still struggle with that i think a lot of people struggle with that um do you feel like you struggle with that
0: i think you struggle with that a lot more i think you feel like you're an inconvenience to other people
1: yeah that's a that's a big problem i got yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i agree yeah (laughs) this is just a therapy session from a shoot
1: yeah yeah you, you know you're right
0: you know something about me where i felt socially anxious especially more in the past, you know, when I was living at home is that I used to be surrounding myself with a lot of friends that weren't really serving me anymore. And I used to be going to environments and places that I did not want to be in, but I went to with them because they were my only friends and they wanted to go. And because of that, I felt very uncomfortable and socially anxious. I felt like I didn't fit in. And it's just so crazy because now that I've moved out, And I don't associate myself with them anymore. And I have my new friends and I have my own space. I feel so much calmer and at peace, you know. And it's just also interesting because, again, on the topic of, like, competition in the South Asian community and, you know, not feeling like you fit in anywhere because people are, are always, like, wishing you the best. But really they are wishing you the worst. There's also this gossip you know this gossip mm. thing going on in our community yeah we grew up with one. it unfortunately you know we go to Dawats, we go to south asian gatherings when we're growing up and the parents are always gossiping and that the moms are always gossiping mm-hmm. it's a very yeah, did toxic you part did of you hear
1: community. her auntie's 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 daughter's cousin auntie he's
0: pregnant <laughs> no literally yeah. that's literally how it goes yeah. they haven't talked to this person boyfriend? in 30 years she has a boyfriend. <laughs> boyfriend It's always like that. They're always with the cha. They're they're sitting around the table with right. their biscuits. All they're talking, all cackling, all cackling about God knows yeah. what. Anyway, and then once that person leaves, they're cackling and gossiping about that one person that just left. Anyway, <laughs> we already know that gossip is a very toxic part of our culture, and unfortunately, it gets passed down onto a lot of people in our generation. Even yeah. though there are a lot of people in our generation that say, you know, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to gossip. We're going to be better, whatever it is. They eventually become worse. Yeah. And I think gossip is necessary. I think especially growing up, you know, we gossiped a lot. It was a normal part of high school or, or elementary school. You know, we grew up seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I think even now gossip is fine with your close friends or your family. Not gossip, not unhealthy gossip, but like, you know, complaining or talking about someone. Mm-hmm. To spread some sort of information, right? But not with mm-hmm. just like anyone, not with just like random people. But anyway, there are people that are so focused on gossiping that it makes you feel also toxic because you feel like you can only contribute with gossiping as well instead of a nice way of, you know, talking about something important that yeah, helps your true. growth. That's true. So I think because of this phenomenon, we grow up feeling like we don't really have true friends because they're either gossiping about someone else or when you're not in the room, they're gossiping about you. And I think that also, again, like why it's harder for me to trust people easily now is because I've been burned in the past where, you know, there are people in my age bracket that are still talking about things from 2014, you know? I'm just saying, like, it's
1: on a subtweet rampage. <laughs> no, That's I'm just crazy. saying like
0: your social anxiety really lessens when you surround yourself with the right people and yeah. you don't constantly feel like you have to go outside when you don't want to and do things that you don't want to to appease a crowd that you don't even like yeah. and it just it really gets better, you know? That's why I'm saying that I I'm, I'm a lot better with my social anxiety than I have been in the past.
1: You know what I think about and I don't know if it was like this in your old friend group? But I remember, like, I used to get clowned for, like, wanting to, like, have, like, serious conversation about, like, serious things or, like, you know, like, how I'm feeling or, like, you know, asking my friend across the table, like, oh, like, you know, like, how, how how are, you? like, how are, are, like, are you okay? How's, like, your family, everything? Like, they, like, we never talked about that because it was, like you said, it wasn't cool. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't gossip. It wasn't drama. It wasn't entertaining, at, at least in, yeah. in a sense. And like, I remember there were a lot of times, especially growing up as like someone who was like interested in the arts. I was super into like photography and poetry. I wanted to talk about, you know, like feelings. Like I want, like how how's everybody feeling? Nobody ever wanted to do that. And mm-hmm. I feel like that has really, and that plus, you know, growing up in our homes, we, we don't talk about feelings with, with our parents. We don't like, we don't talk about yeah, any of that stuff. Yeah, I was stuff. just gonna say that. There was, there was one response that came in um, that I really liked he said he said something like oh um you know we we only talked when somebody talked to us at home like when somebody asked us to speak that's the only time we spoke mm. whereas in like and in school like or in any sort of environment like people aren't always going to come up to you and ask you to speak and that that messes with you because you're outside and wherever you are, you're like waiting for somebody to like show you interest or waiting somebody to ask you for something for you to speak. You're, you were never really given the opportunity to be the first to speak when you're at home. It's always like your parents come to your room. Oh, do this, do that, do this. How's this? How's that? Okay. And then they leave, yeah. you know, and you're never trained to like go to your mom's room and like, you know, Hey mom, like my day was good. Well, like it's never like that, you know? And yeah. I, I've been thinking about that since I I read that comment. Um, And I I think a lot of that manifests into uh, just negativities that we get when we're older.
0: Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, on top of that, I also read another comment that we got talking about um, how a lot of us get social anxiety because growing up, you know, when we're giving a speech and when we're talking in class, giving a presentation, people are always like, oh, we can't hear you. I used to get that comment so much. It used to Mm, piss me off so much because it's like, I'm trying my best out here trying to talk (laughs) loud and you're saying you can't hear me. Like you're just saying that to piss me off. And also I felt insecure as, you know, um, not feeling attractive, not feeling pretty as a Brown girl. And, you know, I just didn't feel like confident. So when people would say that I would get more silent, you know, and it's just Mm -hmm. like, it also, um, enforced the Asian American, um, Asian minority myth, which is saying that all Asians are silent. All Asians are, smart nerdy and it just made me feel like i couldn't talk and that my voice didn't matter so i hated comments like that and i feel like those type of stereotypes also make us feel like the smallest person in the room because we feel like our voice doesn't matter anyway so it just heightens our social anxiety you know
1: you know what i would have said if i was in that classroom i would have said don't worry you're real loud and (laughs) and you're real pretty too (laughs) Would that have... Mo- would That's would when that you would have been, you been escorted. <laughs> would that have motivated you, been you to out of present the room. better? Be honest. I would
0: have thrown <laughs> up in the corner. I would have thrown did up. You, did
1: you have trouble with the school presentations? I've had to do a lot of those throughout college.
0: Yeah, I yeah. did.
1: It's Just like being, being up yeah. in front of class.
0: I was more intimidated in high school. Not as much in college because I think my confidence started coming back. Um, but I think in high school, I you know again felt very insecure i didn't feel like anyone was paying attention i was not in the popular group i didn't feel like i fit in in any group so i just you know kind of just like dreaded it but i got more confident as time went on and also i kind of got over like the imposter syndrome more in like the last year especially where i started you know believing in myself and started believing in like my place in the workforce and like my place in general and like what my purpose is so it made me feel like a lot more powerful and a lot more um confident
1: you know that's a that's a good transition into a you know
0: wade before you transition how was your presentation today in front of 900 people oh god
1: we're talking about that um yeah uh it was fine i mean you know at this point throughout college i was a business major um i presented at least like 50 million times um, so it, it wasn't right. anything new especially in front of zoom i literally just look at myself and be like hmm, kind of handsome I, like I, I sat someone with good lighting <laughs> and i was just looking at myself i was like oh
0: yeah. were you just taking hey, your linkedin photos nice. your pictures you know? so i mean right. it,
1: you know I, is things are different now right like you asked me four years ago i probably would have cried
0: so you're you're more socially anxious like in a group setting in person but not like on live presentation
1: no i'm I'm not even anxious in in group settings i'm anxious with one-on-one okay. conversation oh okay okay. yeah i could talk in front of 60 million people i'll be good as long as i like know what i'm talking about the only time i'll be anxious if i have no idea what to say i'm i'm right if you're i'm i suck at like (laughs) at like bullshitting i think i've always sucked at bullshitting um anyways now now we can transition into you know what are what are some tips you got you got some advice say like say i'm i'm socially anxious I struggle with with talking to people. Oh, you're I know, I'm being anxious. the the makeshift listener difficulter. I'm socially anxious. Like, what what kind of what 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 are some stuff that you remind yourself at times when you uh, are too scared or nervous to talk to uh, people or enter a certain room? Anything come to mind?
0: I think it's important to remember that you are nervous about maybe meeting someone new, and it may it may feel like the other person has everything together and that they're so cool but they're also probably nervous about meeting mm. you as a new person as well so it's important to like humanize things like this because whenever we're feeling socially anxious we feel like you know they're paying so much attention to this wrong thing we said or that what we said was so wrong and they're it's so, such a big deal and we feel like a lot of our problems are so big which in our head it feels like it But really the other person's probably feeling like that too. And also the other person doesn't care as much as you think they do, you know? So it's important to remind yourself of that. Also it's a win-win in my book because even if the conversation doesn't go as, as you plan it and it's not a good like bond or friendship or whatever it is from the get go, that's like a sign for you to not hang out with them as much after that, you know? And if it does go good, then you have a friend, you know, what's the tip that you got for socially anxious people? Um, would you do in a situation stop. like stop stop what stop being anxious stop the situation just what do you do just <laughs> run out when you're talking to a person <laughs>
1: no um i think uh i think something that i said earlier that i tell myself a lot not everybody is gonna like you that's that's a fact mm. and true that's a good thing it's not good to have everybody like you you know because that's not realistic and you don't want to live a fake life so you have to have difficult conversations with people you have to understand that not everything is going to go the the way of the fairy tale that you've imagined in your head being realistic is is something that i have to remind myself a lot i think when it comes to you know i'll speak specifically on like one-on-one conversations say i'm like at um at like a a function and like i there's like a group of friends but maybe there's one person who like i know their face but like maybe haven't like talked to talked to i think one thing that i do often is disassociate and with that you you're just a lot more free i think that's why people love like drinking (laughs) and like drugs so much is because it Mm. just it breaks down those walls Um, and those walls are up when you're sober those walls are up naturally but understanding how to break down those walls it's different for every person not everybody's not the same the way that i do is going to be different than the way you do it the way i am able to break down my own walls is by disassociating and just being fully freely me and myself and not caring what the person like trying my best to have them understand but if the message isn't pure, it's okay because the right person is going to understand that you're just being yourself and it's okay that somebody doesn't fully understand what you're trying to say right right from the get-go. So my biggest mm-hmm. advice that I follow is to just be 100% yourself and to remember that it's, it is fine and it is normal and it is realistic for you to not always be be have a perfect conversation with everybody and mm-hmm. you know i've I, I i know people who are amazing at communic amazing at communication um it's not realistic for them either because they're going to come across people who find that annoying who f- find that weird whatever um i think uh i think my biggest tip is to just be realistic and and you know not live in a fairy tale because fairy tales have unrealistic endings you know
0: Mm, that was a good yeah, you one. Know. I have, I have some tips. Yeah, as go well. ahead. One, one of them is to trust your gut. Wow. You know, if someone is giving you bad vibes, if someone is not really reciprocating your energy or like the type of vulnerability that you're giving, or you know, if they just are not giving off like healthy, good friend vibes, trust that and. You know, don't really hang out with them after that because usually your instinct isn't false. You know, if they're already giving that vibe from the beginning, they're probably going to be like that. For example, if you meet someone new and the first thing that they d- that they do is talk shit about someone else that you don't even right. know, and that's like yeah, the that's way that one. they try to connect with yeah. you, skirt. that's a big red yeah. flag. Bye bye, skirt out of there. Yeah, bye bye bye, bye. Ciao. bye. Ciao, ciao. Make them pay for the check, whatever wow. they're doing. Yeah, that's not a good sign. right Right. second my second piece of advice is have like a safe space or like have a safe hobby that you can come back to if you are dreading an interaction if you are dreading a weekend like for example i had a terrible week uh not terrible uh something that i was not looking forward to Mm -hmm. and it was bringing me a lot of anxiety i had a lot of social anxiety during it but i knew that if i had passed the The two days that I was not looking forward to, I would be able to come back to my apartment, blast some good Disney jams, you know, dance around and just relax and sleep in. Right. And I had my safe space or I had my reading to look forward to. And sometimes that's all we need. You know, sometimes we expect perfect conversations, but those are not 100 percent likely every single time. And sometimes we have to see people that we don't really want to see you know and it's not really in our control for example like a family member that's giving you a lot of anxiety or a a friend that's giving you a lot of anxiety sometimes we have to see them and you cannot stop that but you can control like how you navigate the situation after that what kind of space you have after that and what you do to de-stress yeah
1: and and one big thing that i realized while working in coffee is um you know speaking and interpersonal communication skills it's really a muscle like the more you do it and the more notes you take and the more you reflect on what went wrong you get better like that's why like so many like veteran baristas are so good at their job is because it's really a a a grown skill to be able to talk to anyone at any time for any length of time um about any topic and there was a point where I was really good at it. Um, I kind of lost it, but it, it's really a, you know, it's really something that you have to practice. And you can't, you definitely can't expect to be perfect on your first try, nor your second or third. But you will realize that next conversation like oh like maybe i should not like say this say, you know maybe i shouldn't call them you know stinky in the first sentence like maybe you know that was <laughs> you know like maybe i shouldn't call it, right. maybe i shouldn't call them a toaster <laughs> you know maybe, yeah just right, maybe right, right? um it, it, you take notes and, and you you get better you get better at, at communication the more that you practice
0: right yeah i think my last piece of advice is that a lot of us you know get stuck in our own head we overthink We think that things are awkward and, you know, it prevents us from really trying in a conversation or trying with interactions because we just feel like it can't get better from how bad it it is already. And like they won't change their mind and have something like a good feeling about you. But honestly, like awkward and cringe is just like you in your own head. And like Mm. you you continuously saying that in your head and making it seem worse than what it really is just prevents you from having a good conversation Mm. and you have to just believe that nothing is awkward unless you make it like that more and more Mm. right obviously in conversations when you meet someone there are going to be some silences there are going to be gaps that aren't completely filled that's normal but that doesn't mean it's awkward and the conversation is just going to go downhill from there so just give it a try beyond from just like what you internally think
1: and i think um One thing that I started doing is kind of going back to what I said earlier. You don't always have to wait for somebody to ask you a question about yourself to talk about yourself. Yeah,
0: we've been talking about that. You know, you
1: you can like I I think I I have that problem a lot where like I never like want to feel like I'm bragging or I never want to feel like I'm, you know, being some sort of way or trying to bring the other person down. So I rarely kind of go in depth about myself but it's it's perfectly fine to talk it's 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 normal it's human to want to talk about yourself and a lot of the time yeah maybe the person that you're having a conversation with doesn't know the correct way to ask you maybe they're for whatever reason um
0: or they feel like you don't want to talk about it because you didn't start talking about it. and if you
1: feel like there's no spark in the conversation instead of waiting for the other person to say something worth talking about just you say it you probably have something on your mind yeah. that you're that you're trying to get the other person to say instead of you because for whatever you, just say it yourself because that could literally mm-hmm. save a conversation it could save a relationship you could build a relationship off of just like again what you yeah. said just being too in your head like oh i don't want to bring this
0: up i'll wait for them to bring this up just bring it up relax mm-hmm. yeah stinky wow yeah yeah i said it all right you want to move on to the advice session? yeah sure why not all right so as you guys know we end off our episodes with advice and we talk about some of the responses that you guys sent into our instagram instagram
1: difficult dish we need a jingle yep we're gonna have uh if 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 any of you guys want to just like make us a jingle um you know like make a little competition make us a jingle the winner um you can get like a selfie from me i could like hi i gotta send
0: you like a voice note hi someone said my dad forcing me to speak myself in public it worked but i know it doesn't for everyone you know what that reminds me of
1: you could talk about what that reminded you of and then after that i'll talk about what it reminded me of but go ahead
0: it reminds me of when i was in arabic class sunday school and we had to recite the duas and surahs mm. in front of the whole class and like I knew the du'as and surahs. Right. But I don't want to recite it in front nope. of everyone. For what? That used to give me so much anxiety. Yeah. I remember that the, my Arabic teacher called me Moon Khan. <laughs> and I started crying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Moon. It's not yeah. worse than what I got. <laughs> it's okay. made this a competition. Manoush. Manoush manure. If, if, if any of you guys have a worse... Mispronunciation of your name? I'd love to know. I'd love to know. My name is right. Masha Manir. I got Manush Manur. You think you could beat that? I don't. Th- I don't think. <laughs> I don't think any <laughs> of y'all can. Listen, I, I think I'm pretty up here. Like <laughs> that's
0: the that's the root of my anxiety. People <laughs> calling me by the it's wrong like, name. It's <laughs> like it's
1: like the perfect balance of like it's so ridiculous, but like the the tiniest part of you kind of understands. <laughs> you know like how they could get right. from that like moon i don't there's no n in your name whatever we gotta talk about this right Manushmanor. this reminds me of a one time i was in Cocoa beach with my parents and there was a piano at a restaurant and my dad was like trying to force me to play the piano for i'm like seven i've been i've been to like three <laughs> piano lessons <laughs> like that i'm gonna i'm gonna go you. up and play mary had a little lamb barely um <laughs> and i was too scared and he was like yelling at me to go play the piano and Still think about that a lot. Now I'm the opposite. Now I see any piano, I'll, I won't stop playing, you know. Now he's playing <laughs> it and they're trying to track him <laughs> <Right>. away.
0: <laughs> oh, someone said, I had it quite bad after lockdown, but I think it's always been there as I've always had to switch personalities between my friends, family, and community and didn't know how to handle it when I was younger.
1: That's a big one. Uh, That's a co- big one. Code switching. Ah. That's a big one. Living uh, different lives with different people
0: a double life yeah triple in her listen to our episode on Hers? that
1: yeah triple three of them three of them things one two three you have to do that that's hard when you feel
0: like you have to have yeah when you have to have different identities around different people it's like who really are you yeah yeah someone said my mom told me to ask her before speaking anything and now i'm scared to speak without telling her yeah, yeah. you know what that's it is scary, there are man. a lot of parents that are very author authoritative authority go ahead (laughs) authoritative right and they kind of they're kind of tyrants over their kids and they want their kids to respect them so much where they act like they're the rulers and you know they don't want their kids to really have like a friendly relationship with them and because of that they think that respect is just like not talking back and not really talking at all so it's really unfortunate when you know kids are going through this sort of abuse and then they grow up not really knowing how to communicate with anyone because they weren't really taught to speak yeah you know yeah it reminds me of the movie matilda oh wow with like you know the really the teacher yeah it was, the scary one that like that like held her hair and spun her around yeah, i remember someone said i experienced it the worst at big cultural events because i knew i would get judged by the auntie
1: oh yeah i haven't been to a dawat i don't know how long so long those i can't imagine like thankfully my family was a uh, you know my mom didn't go to too many um but i knew the opposite i knew people that went to too many went travel freaking across the country for and there was a dawat happening in uzbekistan they had to go
0: <laughs> <laughs> who says that
1: were you a big dawat attender
0: yeah i was yeah. i used to go to Dawats every single weekend wow <laughs> were you like the
1: like the sitting you know behind your mom's leg or you know was there a group
0: no i was in the i was in the room
1: yeah what were you doing
0: you know talking to my girlfriend wow yeah
1: talking about what hmm?
0: god knows we're talking about edward cullen (laughs) (laughs) edward cullen or jacob yeah
1: yeah i i remember being young and being too scared to talk to anybody because you feel like everybody's staring at you. That's like the pinnacle of like social anxiety. Everybody's yeah. staring at you, seeing if you who you're talking to.
0: Well, goddamn, with the the Justin Bieber hair that you had, I'd be staring at you too.
1: Yeah, because I was a <laughs> handsome, pretty boy. I was flipping it, freaking had freaking neck aches every morning. I was Flipping my hair. I was really that kid. Every thirty what, seconds, yeah, my mom. I was what the salmon arrow pastel shirt? The salmon arrow pastel shirt with the flannel, purple, bright green shirt with right. with the Air Forces you know bottom right. half i was good
0: yeah. yeah anyway you got some 10 second advice to end this episode
1: stop dwelling on your past wow listen everybody has had things he happen said head them. up
0: think future
1: every every everybody in the world has had things happen to them in the past you cannot let what has happened to you before restrict you wow. from the potential of what could possibly come.
0: Wow. There's a
1: there's a whole world out there that doesn't care about what you've been through. They're not going to take that into account. You cannot let what has happened to you stop you from from mm. reaching your reaching your goals. I I know so many people that uh I still you know this happened and you know I, I, that uh okay. What about today? Right. Huh? That happened today? No. Happened right. six and a half decades ago. <laughs> Relax. Right. Life, is, life is so long and you will not dwell upon it as long as you keep moving forward.
0: Good one. Yeah. Mine do is don't be friends with people that talk shit about you, that you do not grow with, that you are stuck in the past wow. with because you are scared to make new friends and be alone potentially yeah because they will never serve you and you're literally just friends with people that you don't even like because you're comfortable and you're scared of being lonely but i'm telling you it's so much more worth it to find friends that help you grow and actually support you and you're not miserable your whole life ka-chow mic drop
1: wow Yeah, this whole episode was this whole episode was Mo just 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 subtweeting just so y'all.
0: No, not just subtweeting, just you know experiences from real life. Mm. You know that's what makes it so great.
1: Mm. I'm talking from the heart. Mm. That's crazy. Listen to our podcast.
0: Anyway, thank you so much for listening to our episode on difficult dish. It's at difficult Difficult dish on Instagram and at difficult Difficult dish podcast podcast. on TikTok. (laughs) what's your instagram
1: Masha Munir.
0: please follow him at my instagram Manir. is at labyrinthav <laughs>
1: that's gonna be my finsta <laughs> please
0: check out my website where i sell a lot of my art and apparel it's labyrinthav.com yeah for some south asian flair yeah. and we love you guys so much we are yeah, excited we to if show you've you made it February this if holds. you've
1: made it this far please comment
0: toaster toaster
1: in our friday post right thank you
0: all right guys we love you allah we love
1: you allah